Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Happy Resurrection Weekend, Mosaic Church, friends, family, and all of you watching online. We welcome you into this very, very special weekend. Uh, special now for many reasons. One is we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And secondly, it's the first time in my lifetime that churches uh, throughout America and around the world are doing online church. But we're going to do the best we can to make this a celebration of life. So if you would, right where you're seated or standing, just hold your Bible up, your iPhone, iPad, say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. Again, we welcome you into this online worship experience at Mosaic Church OKC. I want to ask you, if you would, quickly to uh, open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. As I've already stated, this is a, a celebration of uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but it's also a celebration of uh, a resurrected life that is offered to us through his resurrection. Apostle Paul writes to the church at Corinth, this is the Amplified Bible. He says, And now let me remind you, since it seems to have escaped you, brethren, of the gospel, the glad tidings of salvation, which I proclaimed to you, which you welcomed and accepted, on which your faith rests, and by which you are saved. If you hold fast and keep firmly what I preached to you, unless you believed at first without effect and all for nothing, for I passed on to you, first of all, what I also received, that Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, died for our sins in accordance with what the Scriptures foretold, that he was buried, that he arose on the third day, as the Scriptures foretold. Christ was a living model of God's plan for man. His life was not just about opening the doors of heaven to us, but it's about opening the hearts of mankind to heaven. The fact that Jesus was raised from the dead by God himself uh, is absolutely a first, never happened uh, before, never happened since. But metaphorically, uh, we are dead in our sins. When we are born, we're born sinners, and we're dead in those sins. So, now we have the opportunity to live a resurrected life. So I'm going to talk about the road to resurrection living. The road to resurrection living. In other words, how do we uh, take the model of Christ and live our lives in such a way that, number one, we glorify God. Number two, we are strengthened by God. And number three, that strength empowers us to be world changers. And that's what this is all about in a world that is changing more rapidly than ever. The resurrection of Christ is the climax of his story, but like most stories, there are many steps that lead us to that finale. And so when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, pray 
my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God is saying, I want to open up uh, the world and I want to open up the hearts of the world to this great power, this great strength, this resurrection power, this resurrection strength. Paul said also to the church at Philippi, for my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which exerts over believers, and that I may so share in his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death, in the hope that if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. So the resurrection uh, solidifies the authority, the power, and the deity of God, our Creator. He was able to, by the Spirit, raise His Son from the dead. Many people say, well, what is the significance of that? Well, Paul told the church at Rome that if the Spirit, same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, that very Spirit will quicken our mortal bodies. Too often we're listening to the voices around us and uh, the things that are going on around us, in this case, the coronavirus that, that we've all uh, been confronted with, and uh, we've had to make serious life changes in the past 30 days, and we still have some days ahead. But we should be mostly inspired now that death has been defeated. It cannot hold us down. It cannot hold us back. And certainly it is a tragedy that people are dying as a result of this horrible virus. Yet, with Christ and this resurrection weekend, there's great significance in knowing that those loved ones that we might have lost and passed into eternity, if they know Christ, now it's no longer a metaphorical resurrection. It's a realistic resurrection that they will be with God. As Jesus said on the cross to the thief that acknowledged his sin, and he asked Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. So basically the thing I love the most about the story of Easter or Resurrection Weekend is that we realize that this life is not what it's all about. This is a passing through, uh, if you will, from where we are into eternity. And I want to encourage you as I preach this message to realize that our road to resurrection or living a lifestyle of resurrection is confronted by several different things, as was Jesus' life. And if we look at the model of Jesus, then we can live that life according to that model, and we can experience the strength of God, the power of God, the wisdom of God, the mind of Christ, and we can live this abundant life 
a life that means that we were dead in our sins. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's not one human being on earth that is without sin. And that's the reason Jesus came. And a lot of Christianity is strictly focused on the cross. And no doubt, the cross is maybe the most pivotal point in history, but it's not the end point. Had Jesus just died on the cross and not been resurrected, it, it would have no effect on us today. But the fact that he was resurrected, that he came back to life, and that he ascended to the right hand of God, and is today seated at that right hand, making intercession for you and me, that's the difference maker. I don't want to minimize the cross, but today I want to focus on the resurrection. And the key point here is, unless Christ had died, there would have been no resurrection, and there would be no resurrection power. And there would be no promise that you and I would have an eternity or have life after death. But due to what he did, we now know that there is life after death. So how do we travel this road uh, to live this lifestyle or this resurrection lifestyle? You know, I had a Jeep one time, and it was great. It was built for the off-road. It was awesome. But when you took it off-road, the conditions changed. Everything changed. And you had to be more cautious. You had to be more careful. It was rough. It was difficult. It was exhilarating. And much of life is exhilarating. There are people who don't even know God, and it appears as though their life is wonderful. I remember when I wasn't living for God, I've always been adventurous. I've always been a risk taker. I've always had fun in life. But at the end of every day of that adventure, that excitement, that adrenaline, whatever it was, there was always the question, what comes after this? And I think today that's the question a lot of the world's asking. What comes after death? The coronavirus has taken lives, as has the flu and so many different heart disease, diabetes, and so many different things that people are asking the question, what's next? Well, the key is for us to understand that in Christ, when we, we stay on the road or stay on the pathway or stay where we're supposed to be, and, and it, it's not perfectly smooth, uh, there are still bumps in the road, there are still challenges in life, but the resurrection lifestyle promises us that God is with us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And number one thing that we have to fight is the thing that Jesus fought first was the criticism of mankind. There will always be critics in the world. And as one friend of mine put it, I've never seen a monument built to a critic. And so there will always be criticism in the world. And oftentimes, that's all it takes for someone to uh, deviate from God's purpose, God's destiny, and God's plan. Just a simple criticism, oh, you're a Christian, or you're one of those goody two-shoes, or whoever you might be, whatever the criticism might be, thank God we're not judged based on uh, our good works, or our difficulties, or our mistakes, or our sin. The judgment begins when we judge ourselves in need of a Savior. I am saved by grace through faith. I can't boast, but I can realize now that the resurrection power of God will raise me up just as Jesus looked at the thief 
on his right and said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. The thief had not lived a day in his life that we know of that would be a qualifying for heaven. But his faith in Jesus changed everything. And so you may recall when Christ was on earth, he was criticized first for eating with the wrong people. The Pharisees and religious people of his day criticized him. This is on the road to the resurrection. So, you know, we, we've got to travel the road of Christ to get to the destiny of Christ. And that means that you'll have to deal with criticism. And Jesus simply was criticized for eating with people that the Pharisees didn't like. Secondly, for forgiving the wrong people. When the woman was caught in the act of adultery and the legalists and the religious people brought her uh, to Jesus, they fully expected him to stone her in the public square in front of everybody. And they wanted him to make a statement that you can't do this and, and, and uh, get by with it. Well, Jesus wasn't saying you can get by with it, but what he was saying is this is the reason I came. The Son of Man did not come into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. And Jesus was constantly doing things that the religious world especially criticized him for doing. And that was no different. The other thing is he touched the wrong people. Lepers were not allowed within a touching distance. It's kind of like the virus. They're more than six feet. They had to stay away. And yet Jesus was not afraid of their leprosy. And so he's pointing us in the direction of our journey. What does it take to live a resurrection lifestyle? You'll have to deal with all of the issues uh, that Jesus dealt with to get to the place that we want to go. But Jesus modeled it for us and showed us that his resurrection power gives us the ability and power to give a kind response to even people who hate. To me, resurrection power is empowering to the believer to the point that things that would normally affect us, offend us, hurt us, no longer has control over us. One person said, to the world, you might just be one person, but to one person, you might just be the world. So everyone counts, and you see yourself as insignificant in, in this world of billions of people. But our response, a resurrection response to hatred and criticism, points people to Jesus. And if we will be kind and we will be gentle, we won't be mean, it will be a reflection of who God is. The world doesn't need our intellect, our wisdom. The world needs our love. God so loved the world. Doesn't say he came, even though Jesus was full of wisdom. God's love is, was the focal point when he pointed out his son had come. I so love the world that I've given to you my only begotten son. Love never fails. The resurrection, Jesus coming up out of the tomb, was the greatest revelation that God wasn't finished, that he didn't send his son into the world to point out our sin, our mistakes, and all the evil in the world, but God sent his son to point out his own heavenly love to the world. His resurrection power empowers us to love the unlovable, empowers us to kindly disagree, even uh, to agree uh, 
disagree without becoming disagreeable. Uh, his resurrection power empowers us to not be offended when criticized and empowers us to forgive. That's what the resurrection lifestyle is. And we go off-road when we return evil for evil. We go off-road when we give a hateful response to a hater. We go off-road when we look at somebody who's hurt us and say, I will never be able to forgive you or forget. That is off-road. That takes us down a rough pathway that Christ did not mean for us to take. The Bible says the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. You can tell when you are on the resurrection pathway or living a resurrection lifestyle. When you no longer allow the criticism, the hate, the meanness, the, the, the evil words that are spoken to you, they no longer get to you. You can look at someone and you can smile, just as Jesus did when he was on the cross and in this horrible death, being crucified in front of a, a watching world. And he looks down from the cross and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He already had a resurrection mentality. In great pain on his cross, there was already in him this, this resurrection. This is not the end. This is not the end. Too often when we're criticized or someone says, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that or you're this or you're that, we oftentimes allow that criticism to end our journey. We, we stop. We quit. We don't dream anymore. And we have to realize that as Paul said, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. That power means that no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. And that's not some pie-in-the-sky promise. That is something that we're empowered with, that he who began this work in us will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, and that we determine that that weapon formed against us will not prosper. It's not some spiritual thing, pie-in-the-sky thing. It's our ability to embrace the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. So next time you're criticized, smile. Now don't laugh because somebody might hit you, but at least smile and go, you know, they'll, they'll wonder why you're smiling. And it's that resurrection power of the believer that says, I have the power of Jesus Christ, just as when he was being physically crucified, criticized, vilified, everything you can imagine, that he never allowed his words to respond to their words of hate. It's important that we realize criticism will be a part of our lives the rest of our lives. Criticism for how we dress, how we speak, how we live, what we do, what we don't do. And the worst thing about this is, and let me deposit this into the hearts of the Mosaic family specifically, we're not called to judge anyone. We're not called to tell anyone our opinion. We're really not. We're called to love people. We're called to encourage people. We're called to believe in people. We're called to help people up out of their pit of despair because that's what Jesus did. And that's what people who understand resurrection will do. The second thing that Jesus faced was unfavorable conditions. But he stayed on the road. He stayed true to the journey uh, toward resurrection. They were unfavorable. You see, at the time, 
Israel was under the dominion and the rule of the Roman Empire. They didn't have uh, the power and authority to make their own decisions. And even Herod, though representing the Jews, was under the authority of Rome. And so the Jews in that day in Israel, they were looking for a king, not a savior. They were looking for a king who would come and overthrow the Roman Empire. And so the conditions were not favorable for the Son of God. They weren't favorable for the Savior. They were simply favorable for a people who wanted in that moment the conditions to change. They didn't see beyond the moment. They didn't see into eternity. Oh, they had heard that one would come and you know that that but but they didn't see Jesus as the one who would come to save them from their sin and the world from its sin but they saw Jesus as a prophet a good man and they had hoped that he could save them from the dominion of the Roman empire so you can see that the conditions were not necessarily favorable easter to me is a reminder that god remains undefeated jesus had healed the sick raised the dead restored new skin to lepers, loved the unlovable, forgave publicly those who had sinned against him and others, but now he died and came back to life, proving there is nothing that can defeat him. The Bible says that if he lives in us, we too are more than conquerors in him. And maybe your conditions aren't favorable today. Maybe the conditions for you going back to work don't appear favorable Getting another paycheck don't appear favorable. Maybe the conditions due to the coronavirus have made you say the conditions of our world look really dark and grim. I've got good news for you, that Jesus will never allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able to deal with and handle. And the temptation in the moment is for people to say, I quit. This is not working to get mad at our government leaders and, and to get angry with all of the requirements and restrictions that we find ourselves in. And the conditions don't seem favorable for a victorious life. They don't seem favorable uh, for an abundant life. But I've got good news for you. This is simply a moment in time. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross, all of his followers and the disciples looked in that moment and the conditions didn't look good. It looked like everything they had believed in was a hoax. This man who went around doing good, healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil, it looked like his day was done. It's over. The conditions didn't favor them in that moment because the man in which they had believed was now being crucified. And nothing had happened like Jesus said would happen before. He prophesied that on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. Now, you can imagine day one, they're looking and they're at the conditions. They're, just, they're thinking, there's just no way. Day two, nothing's happening. And don't you think in the moment they're thinking, why, didn't it, why not day one? Why not day two? But Jesus told them the day that he would come back to life. And, and the conditions didn't look good. And, and, and sometimes people can deal with criticism but then after the criticism, they see something like in their life, like this coronavirus, you've lost your job, you've maybe lost someone you've loved, you've, you've, you've had experienced loss. And as a result of that, you have determined that the conditions that you're now experiencing 
do not favor you. Well, let me just tell you something. We don't serve conditions. We serve God. And God is the one that corrects the conditions. We don't serve uh, an age of miracles. We serve a God of miracles. And whatever it is you're going through, I want to encourage you, go through it. If you don't like the current conditions, stay strong and make sure those conditions change. It's interesting that uh, I was reading some articles and doing some research, uh, and there were four people that jumped out at me because I just, I don't know, I guess I followed their stories. Number one was Richard Branson, the founder of Virgin Records. He would go on to find Virgin Airlines, and and, and there, it just seems like this wonderful story that the conditions for Richard Branson were, they were great. Not really. You see, he had dyslexia. He was a pretty bad student. He didn't get good marks in school. He did poorly on standardized tests. Instead of giving up, he used the power of his personality to drive him to success. You have something from God that can take you to your success, to your destiny. But too often, like Richard Branson, the conditions didn't look good for him. He had dyslexia. It, it was proven it, he's just not going to do well. But he found one glimmer of hope, and he did something with it, and he has become a huge success. Another uh, success story is Bethany Hamilton. At 13 years old, she was a surfer, and one day she's out surfing, and she experienced a shark attack that took her left arm off. And she could have said, the conditions in my life are no longer favorable to surfing because it's going to be a lot harder to balance with one arm because she lost her left arm. But just months after, she was back on her surfboard. Just a month later, and it says two years after that, she won first place in Explorer Women's Division of the NSSA, the National Championships. Why? She decided that the conditions weren't favorable but she said, I'm not going to let the conditions change my, my vision, my destiny, my aspirations, my desires, my passion. She got back on a surfboard, overcame the fear of another shark attack, and goes on to win a championship. Just because the conditions of your life don't look good right now doesn't mean that this is the end. You have to remember that when something happens... We can sit and we can whine about what's happened or we can get back on the surfboard and we can ride again or we can rise again, if you will. Don't let the conditions of this moment determine a destiny that is everlasting. Then Albert Einstein. We've all talked about Albert Einstein, the smartest man ever. Albert Einstein didn't speak until he was four years old. Three years of silence. Matter of fact, they just thought he was a dud. But Albert Einstein, as we know, went on to discover the theory of relativity. He was a brilliant man with a brilliant mind. The conditions that his parents uh, saw him in or the conditions they were in didn't look favorable. But let me say this. Sometimes conditions may not look favorable to you. But if you'll believe in God as Jesus believed in his father, that if I'll just obey him and I'll stay on the right road, the right pathway, I will get to my destiny. You know, as a church, oftentimes people look at it and say, well, you know, it's sad that the church can't meet. What they don't realize is we have the same obligations as every business in town. We have to pay bills. We have to pay staff. We have to deal with issues. 
all of the same things. And we're dealing with those now. And I've got to be honest with you, for the last 30 days, there's not been any fear in me that God's not going to deliver us. Not only is he not going to deliver us, but when we meet physically again at Mosaic's church building, you might want to be there. Because let me tell you something, these conditions are not going to rule our lives. We're going to set the conditions. And when we worship together, I'm telling you, heaven is going to fill the room. And so I want to encourage you, the conditions might not look good right now, and you think, is my church going to be there when this is all said and done? We're going to be there when this is all said and done. I promise you. And we're going to put our foot on the throat of Satan himself and say, no weapon formed against us will prosper. Greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world, and greater is God than, than COVID-19. I want you to be encouraged, and I want you to speak to yourself in your home, and I want you to declare, declare the conditions may not be good today, devil, but I'm going to recondition my life, so you might want to look out. A story that is very touching to me is the one of Jim Carrey. Uh, I know that many people may have an opinion about Jim Carrey, but I'm, I'm not here to talk about his spiritual life. I'm here to talk about his tenacity in life. Jim Carrey had said, uh, that when he was 15, he had to drop out of school to support his family. His father was an unemployed musician, and as the family went from lower middle class to poor, they eventually had to start living in a van. Kerry didn't let this stop him from achieving his dream of becoming a comedian. He went from having his dad driving him to comedy clubs in Toronto to starring in mega, mega blockbusters and being known as one of the best comedian actors of our era. So today, what I want to encourage us with is this, that sometimes conditions don't look favorable, but we serve a God who surrounds us with favor. That's what, that's what Psalm 512 says, that he surrounds us with his favor as with a shield. So if you don't like the current conditions, okay. They're just, they're just current. They're not everlasting unless you choose to allow them to be everlasting in your life. I want to encourage you, don't allow that to happen. Man, let God come in and, and, and just allow God to be God in your life. Speak good things over your life. It's so important that we, we speak to ourselves in positive ways. And many people get negative when conditions are the way they are today. And I want to challenge you, don't let that happen. The final thing is, once you've gotten beyond the criticism, and once you've gotten through the conditions, this is the point of crucifixion. Maybe the toughest decision of all is who I've got beyond what people say about me. I've got beyond the conditions, but crucifixion is a choice that we make to no longer take authority back in our lives. In other words, we're changing the conditions or how we think, but in order to continue and experience true resurrection power, it will require us to do what Paul said, die daily. Every day, we have to crucify the flesh. The flesh that wants to go back and listen to the criticism. You'll never amount to anything. You grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. You're poor. Your test scores aren't good. Talk to Richard Branson about that. You know, you're just too broke. You'll never recover. Talk to Jim Carrey about that. Look, you don't have a left arm anymore, Bethany. So you know what? Your dreams of being a championship surfer are over. Uh <laughs> Listen to Bethany Hamilton, because let me tell you, she said no to that. I am going to crucify the things that, that come against me. I'm crucifying my flesh, and I'm crucifying thoughts, and I'm crucifying doubt, and I'm crucifying 
uh, fear. I'm going to crucify those things because when you do, those die. And, and let me tell you, God will raise you up to be full of confidence, fearless, full of faith, full of hope, and nothing can separate you from that great love of God. And that love is what keeps us moving forward, knowing the Son of God loves us so much that He'll never leave us. He will never, ever forsake us. So we have to crucify the flesh and all the things that come with that in order to live the resurrection lifestyle. And that's what Jesus paid for us to live. Paul said, I want to know Him. And the power of His resurrection. We may not have power in and of ourselves, but we have really a supernatural power in him. So I want to encourage you today, and this, this is a great quote. I love this quote, and I'm not even going to give you the name. You can look it up because some of you will turn it off. You never know how strong you are until being strong is your only choice. Today, I feel like that's where we are. You never have to know how strong you are until strong is your only choice. I want to encourage you today. Be strong. Don't let fear come in. Don't let doubt come in. Don't listen to people who criticize you for not being fearful or you're not concerned enough. Certainly we're concerned. We don't want anyone to die as a result of the coronavirus. But I'm not going to get down. I'm not going to be downcast. I don't want you to be downcast. I want you to be the person speaking life into the living. Speak life into those who remain. Be encouraging. This is going to pass. It, 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 the word says it came to pass. It didn't come to stay. It's not staying. And I'm here to tell you we are stronger because God lives in us. So how do we do this? Here's what Jesus did in order to go through this process. He's criticized, remember, for forgiving the woman caught in the act of adultery, eating with the wrong people, touching the leopards, lepers. And so Jesus, this is his life. So he's criticized. Then the conditions were, we want you to become a king, not a savior. We don't want to believe in you as saving, saving our lives. We want you to save our people, our kingdom. And Jesus said, there's a kingdom you know not of. And here's what he did, and this is what we have to do. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize, this is the Amplified, that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame. One translation says, with the cross set before him. He had a focus and he had a knowledge of what was going to happen. And he stayed true to that journey. Resurrection is power to you today. Resurrection power is available. Now listen, I'm going I'm to read this as I close. Oftentimes Christians only identify with the cross. And that's powerful. And as important as the cross is, is it was not and is not the end the power over death hell and the grave is what came out of that moment out of the cross they the devil thought he had jesus he he thought the conditions were perfect to end the worship of this man called jesus named jesus so some believers are still hanging on to the pain of their cross in fact that's all they talk about Life's tough, it's bad, I'm a Christian, I'm going to endure, I'm going to make it. No, you're not going to endure, you're not going to make it, you're going to overcome it. You're going to be more than a conqueror, you're going to be victorious. Don't climb off of the cross just like Jesus. 
You simply have to say, it is finished. And you make the declaration, what's finished? It's finished. I'm no longer moved by criticism. Conditions no longer control me. And the cross that I bear lifts me. It doesn't pull me down. It lifts me up. And I am reminded that beyond the pain, the suffering, the criticism, and all the conditions, God is with me. God is for me. And we're going to see great victories. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, the world is going to experience a revival maybe like we've never seen before because we are going to stand strong and believe and we're going to love like we've never loved. We're going to celebrate like we've never celebrated. We're going to worship like we've never worshiped. We're going to see the glory of God in our day like never before. I want to pray for those of you right now that say, man, I'm scared to death. And I get it. I understand. I remember being without Christ. I was scared to death. But once I got born again, I realized my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. And the one who now owns me loves me more than I love me, cares more for me than I care for me. And, and, and he does for you as well. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those who today are struggling uh, with fear of losing their job for permanently, not having paychecks and not having money. And God, I just pray. I know those conditions look bad right now, but I pray that there would be an infusion of faith and hope that would fill their heart and life right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, there are those of you that say, well, what do I do now? Well, if you're not a Christian, I want to lead you in a prayer that will give you the opportunity to know Jesus Christ. So pray this prayer with me, if you would, right where you're at. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today, I give my life to you. I repent of my sin, and I declare today, I am saved, and the conditions of my life are now changed. I was dead in my sins, but now I'm alive in you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, and uh, you either recommitted your life to Christ, or it's the first time you prayed it, I want to ask you, to text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. 405-500-1310. We would love to hear from you today. We know that lives are going to be changed uh, as a result of all the powerful messages that are being preached around the world by many wonderful preachers and leaders today. And I pray that this message has brought hope to you, encouragement to you, I want you to know you're special to God. You're very special to God. And that's why he sent his son. If you'd have been the only one, he would have sent his son. And so today I pray, if you prayed that prayer, please text the word SAVED to 405-513-10. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Or join us online. God bless you.